Welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we look at how Paul describes the implications of believing the gospel and how that will reflect and show in our life. Well, I'm really excited to get to talk to you today about this next section that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. So far, as we've looked at this letter, we've talked about the theme being to know and to show. And it's almost as if Paul in this letter, in the introduction and the things that we've looked at, it's as if he's taking this panoramic photo. And this photo represents everything that he's going to talk about in this letter. But now as we continue to read this letter, as it continues to unfold into uh, what we're hearing, it's as if Paul is zooming into specific details within this grander picture that he's already painted for us. And so today we're going to see, and as we hear what Paul is saying, we're, we're actually, he's transitioning from reminding this church of who they are and what they've heard in the gospel to now what the implications of that receiving of the gospel is. Before we get into anything else, I would just like to pray and then we're going to, to read this next section. So Father, I just ask that you would have your way in this, mep- in this message. Father, I ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit that you would allow us to hear from you. Lord, would it be clear the things that you're speaking? God, I thank you that there is power in your name, that there is truth that can set us free. Jesus, you are the way and the truth and the life, God. We want to keep our eyes fixed on you. So Father, I just ask that you would lead this conversation, that you would do what only you can do. We love you and we want to hear from you today. So Father, please speak. Have your way, Jesus. So let me just read this first part to you. So I'm reading Colossians chapter 1, and this is in verse 9, and this is the English Standard Version. And so, from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you would be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. In these short sentences, there's so much there for us to be able to look at and to ask deeper questions about what Paul is saying and what that might mean for us today. So the first thing that Paul highlights is this idea of knowing and showing. He's asking them and encouraging them that they would grow in their spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, as they grow in this knowledge, Paul is saying that there's an expectation, there's a response that comes out of this, that they would walk in a way worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Now, even in this short little bit, we can already see just this beautiful picture of who our Father is. You see, our Father loves us so much that He allows us to grow in our understanding of Him. He actually wants to show us things. He actually wants to teach us things. And as He teaches us these things, and as we have a greater understanding of who He is, He's so good and so loving that even with the knowledge that we may acquire, we still have a choice in whether we're actually going to implement the things that we're learning from Him. That's why he says, you, you've gained this knowledge, you've gained this wisdom, this spiritual wisdom, this understanding, so that there's a purpose behind the knowledge, and that is that they would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. 
But for Paul to say that, there's almost an implication that they have a choice of whether or not they're going to walk out this thing that they've been learning about. So even in this quick little moment, we already have this invitation for you and for me to grow in our understanding in Jesus, but to walk that out, to actually move in the ways that God has called us to move. Something else that we can see in this passage is that Paul's saying that as we, as we go deeper in our knowing, it actually reflects in the greater way that we show God, that we show his love, that we show his mercy, that we reflect his image. See, Paul's saying to us that as we grow in our understanding, as we learn more about Jesus, as we learn more about his ways, we start living in this light. We start walking in this way. And as we walk in this way, it's actually pleasing to the Father. Do you know that you can actually live a life that is worship and adoration and praise to the Father? What a beautiful privilege. Who are we that anything that we could do or say would actually be pleasing to him? He is holy. He is worthy. He is faithful. And yet even in the midst of those things, somehow you and me who are not holy, who are not faithful, who is not perfect, and yet through Christ we can be made new and in that newness we can actually bring glory and praise and adoration to the Father. That it's actually pleasing to Him. Now let's be clear that this isn't about gaining acceptance from Jesus. We already have that through what he has done for us. It is not as if there's different levels of approval that we somehow get from the Father. No, we do everything from the faith that we have in Christ Jesus. Remember the last episode, to trusting in what Jesus Christ has done is enough. But Paul's telling us that as we trust in Jesus, there's a way that we can live through him that actually brings glory and honor to the Father's name. It's almost like it's a bonus that we get to live a life that's worship to our Father, our King, our Lord, our Savior. There's this other thing that I see in, this, in these short words that Paul says, and that is that there's no ceiling in the kingdom of God. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that there is no destination that we can finally reach where we're suddenly we know everything there is to know and now our job is just to pass that knowledge on to other people. What Paul is saying that we can grow in our wisdom, we can grow in our understanding. There is more at the table for us to devour, for us to enjoy, for us to grow in. But one of the things that Paul is saying is that it's through this knowledge and this understanding that then we walk it out. And so maybe today you're listening to this and you're like, I feel like I've hit a wall with my walk with Jesus. I feel like I've hit this, this invisible wall that it just seems like wherever I step, it just, I'm just keep hitting into the same issues. I'm running into the same problems. I'm going through the same emotions. I'm going through the same addictions. I'm going through the same roadblocks in the conversations that I have with others. I think what Paul is trying to show us is that as we grow in our understanding, there's an expectation that then we walk it out, that we actually implement the things that we're learning. And as we implement these things, we continue to grow and learn more things. We are not meant to be stagnant as followers of Jesus. We are meant to walk with him. That is an action in which he gives us the strength through the grace of Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit for us to step and to show us the ways that we walk. 
but there's still this action involved. And what Paul is reminding us is that as we grow in our understanding and as we take these steps, we actually end up, it's almost like a a cycle where we get to learn more, do more, learn more, do more, and learn more, do more. And it all brings pleasing and honoring to the Father. And we get to grow in our intimacy with Him. There is no ceiling in His kingdom. We get to walk with the Father. This is beautiful. This is why I can have a mentor who's in his 70s and he's been reading his reading the Bible and walking with Jesus his entire life and yet he can still talk to me with such an awe when he talks about the Father. There's still more for him to understand. There's still more for him to walk in. There's still more for him to experience. It's incredible. It's an amazing invitation that we get to say yes to today. Would we walk in his ways? Would we continue to live out this gospel that we know and that we've cherished and that we've received? Can I read this next part for you? So this is Colossians 1 verses 10. I've read this part already, but we're going to read this and then go into the next. So it says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's what we just talked about where as we walk, as we, as we actually take actions, we're going to grow in our understanding of God. There's going to be fruit in our life as we continue to do the good work that God has laid before us. And so verse 11, it says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Oh, I love this passage. It's so powerful when we begin to understand this and receive this and walk this out. You see Paul saying that as we walk this out, we can't do this on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to dwell within us and to give us the ability to step out, to take these actions that God's inviting us to. And what I love is that Paul, he brings this word power and glorious might. And yet he uses this other phrase. He says endurance and patience. You know, this is something that is so important for us as followers of Jesus to understand. We, through the Spirit, have God's power in us. And we are stepping out in faith when we love one another, when we act in the way that God has called us to. And there's a power that's revealed in that. And yet, even with that power, there is this need for endurance. There's this need for patience. Because God's love is so good that he doesn't force it on anyone. You know, he didn't force his love on you or on me. So why would he force it on those in whom we're called to love? I'm going to say that again, but in a different way. We experience the power of God. We experience the Holy Spirit as we walk in Jesus' way, as we love one another, as we love others in our life. But as we love other people, God's love is, is vulnerable in the sense that he opens himself to being hurt by us. He opens himself from being rejected by us. And so as we participate in this love that we've received, we also open ourselves to our neighbors and to the other people in our life to be hurt by them, to be rejected by them. Because even in demonstrations of power, people still have a choice whether they will say yes to God or not. And so there's an endurance and there's a patience that we need to have as followers of Jesus as we continue to step out in the ways that Jesus calls us to. It is not an easy road. road. 
to take. And yet Paul says there's a way that we can do this with joy. How can we do this with joy? We do this with joy because of the love that we have experienced and continue to experience from God. Because like Paul says, as we step out, we grow in our understanding of him. We learn more about his love. We experience it in deeper ways. And so it's difficult and it's hard when we get rejected. It's hard when people say no to Jesus's love. It breaks my heart and it breaks our heart. But even in the midst of that, as we continue to be faithful, God continues to reveal himself new to us in fresh ways. And that brings us joy to continue this walk. Now, this other part that he says is that as we step out, as we experience this power, as we are faithful and enduring and patient with joy, we have to give thanks to our Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, this comes back to this idea that I talked about, I think, in maybe one of the earlier episodes where I told you guys that this letter was written to the everyday follower of Jesus. This was not written to leaders in the church. This was not written to apostles and prophets. This was written to you and to me for the everyday follower of Jesus. This is an opportunity that God invites all of us to experience, to walk in his way. It doesn't matter what the good work is at, whether it's quote unquote in ministry or at your regular workplace. What is the difference in Jesus? There is none. We do all things towards him. We do all things for his glory, for his praise. And what's amazing about this is that Paul is reminding us that the gospel is what qualifies us. It is not our actions. It is not our beliefs. It is not what we've done or haven't done. It is the Father who qualifies us. Just like in the introduction when Paul introduced himself as the apostle of Christ Jesus, he is not worthy of that title, but he refuses to see himself any other way than how the Father sees him. Oh, would we be a people that see ourselves the way that the Father sees Jesus, that we are qualified by the blood of the Lamb. We are qualified. Stop believing the lies that you are not enough. Stop believing the lies that He doesn't want to have a relationship with you. He desires to know you. He desires to show His love to you. He desires to fill you with joy and with peace. Again, it's not an easy road, but the Father wants to have a relationship with you. He has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saint in light. We get to have a part. We get to play a part in this greater story. Who are we that the Father is mindful of us, that the Father invites us, and yet he does again and again. Even in this moment, I believe he's inviting you to say yes to walk in his ways, to experience him in new and fresh ways. Oh, would we say yes to this invitation? He has qualified us. We are not worthy, but it's his word that we live by, not our own. Okay, I'm going to read this last part to you. Sorry, I'm just so stoked. I love this. Jesus is so good. Oh, he's so faithful. So this is uh, verse 13, Colossians 1, English Standard Version. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Oh man, let's get into this. This is so good. This is such a good reminder. 
for me and for you. What is the gospel? The things that we looked at in the last episode, the faith, the hope, the love. Right now, Paul's zooming in even more specific. And he's telling us that the father of all things through Jesus Christ has actually delivered us from the dominion of darkness. We no longer have to live in the dark, but we live in the light because of what Jesus has done for us. It's amazing. He's forgiven our sins. I love that Paul says he has delivered us. This is past tense, meaning that this is something that Jesus has already accomplished for you and for me. This is not a one day wishful thinking. It will happen when we die and go to heaven. No, we have already been delivered from the dominion of darkness. I don't know who you are and I don't know where you find yourself today. But maybe you feel that there is darkness all around you or darkness within you. Can I tell you that Jesus has paid the price for you to no longer have to live in the dark. He is inviting you into the light. He has qualified you through his blood. His blood speaks a different word over your life. He loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. You do not have to live in this dominion of darkness. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus and you find yourself messing up all the time in the same way. Can I tell you, you do not have to live this way. Jesus has paid for you to live in a greater way. He has paid for you not to be a slave to sin. There is a freedom that we get to have in Jesus Christ alone. We didn't deserve it and we can't sustain it. It is only through his grace and his mercy and the power of his Holy Spirit. Maybe you've heard this invitation so many times in your life that it's become numb to it. Oh, would we hear this in a fresh way today? Are you living as his son or daughter or are you living as an orphan? We do not need to live in the dominion of darkness. If I were to come and sit and have a coffee with you, one-on-one, okay, and, and we were to have a conversation in a gentle way, of course, and in a kind way, of course, and I were to ask you, where have you seen the, the kingdom this past week? How have you seen the kingdom of the Father in your midst in the last week? You see, because something we can miss so quickly if we're not careful because of the history that we have. Let me read this passage to you again. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sin. Sometimes we emphasize the sin and the forgiveness and we lose out to what that actually is a ticket towards. You see, we've been removed from the darkness to be living in his kingdom today. There's an invitation that we have. What qualifies us is what the blood of Christ, like we've said, because it's forgiven us of our sins, which now allows us to play a part in the kingdom. So let's go back into this scenario. Let's say me and you were having a coffee and I were to sit down with you and just ask you, so how have you seen the kingdom in the last week? How have you seen God's kingdom in the last month? Would you have an answer for me? Would I have an answer for you? Because we are meant to play a part in the kingdom. It is not in some distant land. It is in our neighborhood. It is in our home. It is at our workplace. It is with our family. 
It is in our midst. This is a promise of Jesus. This is what he paid for. So would we be able to answer that question today? Because I want you to know that the Father has forgiven you of your sins so that you can be in his kingdom as sons and daughters. We get to play a part. I'm not trying to condemn anyone. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just trying to let you know that there is an invitation here that we have to play a part in the kingdom. We should not be bored as followers of Jesus. There's a lot of things going on in our world. The Father is moving. The Father is doing stuff. He is revealing himself. And we have the opportunity to put our hands up and say, yes, send me in as your son. I am not worthy as your daughter. I am not worthy, but I believe I have faith in what Christ has done for me, that your blood speaks a higher word, that my sins have been forgiven. And now I get to play a part as small as it may be. I get to play a part and my hand is theirs, Jesus. So take me and lead me and guide me through your Holy Spirit. Paul is inviting this church and he is inviting you and I to to declare, to give Jesus our yes again. In closing today, I want to read this story from Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 30, English Standard Version. This is a story where a woman encounters Jesus. This woman is a Gentile. It's important to understand that before we read this because Jesus was first and foremost, coming to the Jews. And so there's this little bit of a conflict because this woman wants something from Jesus, but Jesus is saying, it's not my time yet to reveal myself to the Gentiles. But then this woman has a brilliant response. So let's look at this as we, as we close off today. So this is Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 30. And from there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Cypherinian by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child laying in bed and the demon gone. Even the dog gets crumbs. This story summarizes why my heart breaks for the church. This story summarizes why my heart breaks for followers of Jesus. When I read this story, it hit me so hard because you see this woman had faith in Jesus even before he went to the cross and and this invitation was open for all people. She knew that Jesus would save her daughter and he and she she implored to Jesus that he would he would heal her. And Jesus responds and, and, and does the very thing that she's asking for. But what, what, what hits me about this story is that this woman's line, even the dogs eat the crumbs. Do you know that Jesus went to the cross 
He died. He rose again. He's forgiven our sins. He went to heaven. Now we have the Holy Spirit. So if this Gentile woman gets crumbs, how much more do you and I get in Christ through the Spirit? So many of us, and myself included, we have settled for crumbs when Jesus has invited us to the table. There's a feast set before us, and we're content with the crumbs when he's invited us into something deeper, into something greater. When I read this letter that Paul is writing to the Colossians, especially this section, I just think of this story because I think what Paul is saying, he's saying, guys, there's a table before us. We don't have to settle for the crumbs. We don't have to settle for what what happened yesterday. God is inviting us into more. There's more to know. There's more to grow. There's more to show. This is an invitation for you and for me. Let's stop settling for crumbs when Jesus is inviting us to the table. Oh, would we feast on everything that the Father would have for us. Nothing more and nothing less. All that he has. I don't know where you find yourself today, but please, as a follower of Jesus, don't settle for crumbs. There's more for you and for me. Remember, it's going to take, it's only by grace. It's only by his mercy. It's only by what he has done. He has transferred us into the kingdom. There's more in his kingdom for you and for I to experience. Would we hunger for this? Would we thirst for more of him? And this thirst isn't just about praying and fasting, though it includes those things. It's about stepping out. It's about walking in faith. It's about taking the things that we've learned and putting it into action, not just gaining knowledge for the sake of knowledge. No, would we grow closer to him as we take steps of faith, as we say yes to this invitation? Yes, Jesus has forgiven us our sins, but he's inviting us into the kingdom of God. The gospel is a story that is about the the forgiveness of sins, but it's also about us getting the Holy Spirit within us, being sons and daughters invited to participate in the kingdom of the Father. Oh, would we say yes to this invitation today? Would I say yes to this invitation today? Father, I have no more words. I have no more things to say. But God, I just ask, Oh Lord, I ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, would you give us eyes to see you properly? Would you give us eyes to see ourselves and others the way that you do? Would you give us your Holy Spirit to give us strength and power and to lead our steps? Oh God, would you give us patience and endurance as we faithfully walk out your way? Lord, would there be just an overwhelming sense of your joy and of your presence as we walk in your way, God? Father, I ask that you would do more than what we expect. Lord, we are so thankful for the crumbs that we've been able to eat. But, oh God, we want to be at your table. We want everything that you have for us, God. We want to say yes, Lord. Thank you for delivering us from the dominion of darkness. Oh, Father, we accept this love. We say yes to everything that you have for us. Thank you for being so good. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being intentional. Thank you for giving us this letter. Thank you for reminding us today of your love, of your truth. Would we live in this truth today? Oh, Father, we give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that something in this has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. I hope you're feeling inspired and that you're feeling challenged and that something in you has stirred 
to hunger for Jesus in a deeper way. I want to thank you for journeying with me this far. And if you're wanting to stay up to date and and know when the next episodes are coming out, the best way to do that would be to subscribe to this channel. If you're wanting to connect with me or other people who are listening to this podcast, you can find us at Instagram at the JMP cast. So if you're into that, you can you can go there to connect. We're also on Facebook. So if you don't have an Instagram page, you can follow us at the JMP cast. I hope you'll consider continuing to join me as we journey through this letter. As we ask this question, what does it mean to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? I hope you have a great day.